0: The message only uh, struggles strengthen. I uh, use that for a takeoff. off uh, Revelation, the third chapter, verse number 7, talks about uh, one of the seven churches there in Revelation. And those seven churches deal with us today. Uh, any one of the characteristics of those seven churches fit perfectly in today's culture. No, no doubt about it. Hannah Moore wrote, "...obstacles are those frightening things you see when you take your eyes off the gold." Obstacles are those things that you see when you take your eyes off the gold. So you could say, well, if I take my eyes off Jesus, or if I take my eyes off the promise, I'm going to begin to see a lot of obstacles." I'm going to begin to see a lot of doubt. I'm going to experience fear. I'm going to experience worry. I'm going to experience anxiety. But as long as you keep your hand on Jesus and on his promises and on the Word of God, then, my friend, you are going to make it. Not have a better chance to make it, but you're going to make it. Our goal around here is to know Christ and make him known. We've known that for probably 28, 29 years And our desire is, think about what is your desire? My desire is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, to be a success of following after him. Now, some days you have great days. Man, I tell you what, I was a saint today. How many said that about yourself today? You all sainted up, just one person. God bless you. We know generally we're all saints, but, but then on the other side, sometimes we're not so saintly. Have you ever known it? We're not so saintly. So if you were to ask yourself the question, if I start keeping score every single day, I wonder if I would be more saintly or less saintly every single day of my life. But you know what God would say? Why waste your time? Because I've given you grace and mercy that covers it all. Amen? In my eyes, you are the redeemed of the Lord. And let the redeemed of the Lord Say so. How wonderful is that? There are many goals in our life, and the ultimate goal is to live for Jesus. Some days uh, you might feel like you want to give up. Some days you might want to say, Is it worth it? Um, and most of our goals in the daily routine of life is, and we have many, is to enjoy life and have fun, you know. So I want to enjoy life. I'd like to live life to the fullest. I'm, I want to be secure. I'd like, if I'm married, I'd, I'd like to have a happy marriage i'd like to be financially secure at least comfortable financially i like my kids uh, you know to uh, to be able to grow up to be persons of spiritual integrity and and to be successful you know and to look at life and say i'm, I'm proud of them for what they've been able to do and lord i'd, I'd like to be spiritually mature And all of those goals in life, things that you really appreciate, that I really appreciate, often aren't just gifted to us, gifted to us. Children grow up to be successful and grow up to love Jesus. It's not hocus pocus. It's because somebody in their life from the very beginning of their life taught them about the disciplines and the precepts of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those things that we really appreciate in life, those goals that we accomplish, well, we mostly earned by the grace of God. Well, I, I got to tell you something, I, I feel financially secure. Well, I don't know many people other than one or two of you had, you know, a silver spoon given to you the day you were born. But as I scanned the audience, I think most of you, you had to work. And you had to earn whatever it is that you have these days to say, Buddy, that wasn't given to me. I earned it by the grace of God. And so the real issue is if you're willing to accomplish anything in your life, whether it's spiritual, material, whatever the case, you have to be willing to pay that price. And then you have to be willing to focus on that goal of whatever it is that you want. I want kids to grow up to behave. I want them to grow up to behave. They're not going to behave on their own. Did you know that? Matter of fact, they got you in them, so they're going to try to misbehave. But the growth part comes in whether or not you let them get away with it. You all with me out there, aren't you? You understand that. And you work to achieve, and you seek counsel, and you make the wise choices. And our text tonight deals with the church that we call the Church of Philadelphia, Philadelphia. It's Revelations 2 and 3, those seven churches that are there. And it was known as the city of Philadelphia is today, the Brotherly Love. Brotherly Love, that's what it meant. Brotherly Love, the Brotherly Love Church. And the Bible says out of the scripture, okay, out of those seven churches, the most faithful of all these churches, the most faithful was this church right here. This church, the most faithful. Well, how would you like to be known? if you chart your course and your legacy, well, I want to be known as faithful. I, I think that's probably one of the most highest compliments that anybody could give you. They were faithful. And I preached a lot of funerals. And far too many of them, I've had to struggle to come up with something that I could say in a positive realm about their spiritual life. And boy, it sure is easy to preach a funeral where you've had a person to say, buddy, hands down, everybody that knew them, the pastor, all their friends in church, they were absolutely faithful, faithful to God. And that's what they were known as. But sometimes we're challenged about that faithfulness. Sometimes we're challenged and we call those struggles. The devil trying to get you off your mark. If I were to ask you this question, and you were to say, look back from the time that, that you realized, boy, you're going to have to go to work, should have been around high school somewhere, and charting the course of where you are today, ask yourself this question, is, am I, where I'm at right now, am I where I thought I would be when I graduated high school or graduated college? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I think I've accomplished. The bottom line is, not many of us really realized what we were doing at that period of time. We just, know, we just knew then, I want to do what, what I want to do, and I'd like to accomplish something. And, and there might have been, even for some of you out there, I really want to be known as a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. If I can follow him, that'll be wonderful. And we go through struggles in life. Revelation 3, verse 8, I know your deeds. I know your deeds. Say that with me. I know your deeds. I know your deeds. And He does. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut, and I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. There's some interesting dialogue there in the battle of life. There is disappointments, there are successes, there are victories, and then there are struggles, and I say to you, that you probably won't go more than 24 hours at a time, if that, without some struggle confronting you in life. Some struggle. Some struggle about misbehavior. Some struggle about finance. Some struggle about relationships. Some struggle that is there on the job, whatever the case is. How unbelievable is that? I had a lady that called me this morning and said, wow, I was audited by the IRS. Is that right? yeah, I thought I had everything paid. And they said I owed an X amount of dollars because of some income that I reported. And I had no idea. Well, what's wrong? I'm just upset and I'm mad because I called them up. Now, when she awakened this morning, she didn't expect that struggle. And here's what I do know. It probably messed up her whole day after facing that kind of circumstance. Struggle is there. Why? Because life is unkind. You know, I've heard people say, I just want my I want to raise my kid and I want to be their friend. That's a wonderful goal. But I never was looking to be my kid's friend. I was looking to be their parent. And if we could be friends, I like that. But if there came a time when I had to put that friendship on the table to straighten them up, Hello, you understand what I'm saying? That that was not the major goal, and so here's what God says: Life is. I've I've admitted, God, it's going to be struggles, and I'm not going to walk around saying, "Oh God," when I became a believer, I thought there'd be no struggles. Why? Because struggles create something in us that causes us to be better with them than we would have been without them. One of the great struggles that I see in, in lives today, divorced families, of course, more than 50%. Somebody says 50%, but i got to tell you, that's not, that's not the correct answer by the time you weigh in all the options that are taking place in our society. You know, single-parent fam- single families wake up with a struggle, most of them every day, most every day something breaks down oh lord that'll mess up the finances one of the kids gets sick do we have proper insurance oh you got a deductible i've got insurance and we say oh their house burned down but they've got insurance what you don't know is a five thousand dollar deductible where does that come from we know that of course that substance addiction more people today are abused uh, uh prescribed medication today than ever that's a struggle in some people. Oh, why don't they just get over it? Don't say that unless you've ever been addicted to something. Don't say it. Unless you've ever been addicted. I can't believe they got a divorce. Shut your mouth. Because you see, life has, life has no perfect individuals that it says, oh, I'll 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 cause this to happen to you, but I like them, so I won't let anything happen to them. You might raise your family, and you got the greatest kids in the world. But guess what? They had kids. You call them grandkids. And you think, what in the world happened to them? Why are they chasing that path? Rebellious children or grandchildren? Struggles. Boy, it goes to the heart of a grandparent or lack of finance or long-term illness that you think we just got to the place to where we felt like, wow, we might retire, but now we're just we can't make it. We don't feel good. We're threatened with some disease or some physical difficulty or whatever the case. Divorce, separation, loneliness, loneliness. How can you be lonely today when you've got a television? Yeah, that's a real encouragement. Just turn on the news and be encouraged. You see, you have the death of a friend or a spouse. Or you might say, I can't blame anyone on this one except me. That was just a poor, bad decision. And you struggle as a result of it. All of these are unfortunate. Some may have been avoided, but it doesn't change the fact that the struggle is right there. It doesn't take it away. The Philadelphia church there. The Philippians face many struggles. Here's what they face: they face literal physical bondage. I mean, ridicule and physical bondage. They face spiritual ridicule about their faith in God. He said, "You know what? I look at you and I see you weak. I see you're struggling. I you can hardly take one more step, and I see how how wore out you are. But I want you to know what I see also." is you have been faithful even though you fought a good fight. They had, in that day, one earthquake after another. About the time you got the home straightened up and all the knickknacks on the shelves again, everything else, another earthquake would hit that part of the world. Poverty was there. They didn't have anything. They didn't gain up any money. There was no such thing as savings. In that day, it's like, wow, it's hand to mouth. They had an opportunity, many opportunities to compromise. And the enemy will always offer you and me an easy way out instead of us staying true to the faithfulness of Almighty God. Persecution and poor spiritual examples. There weren't many that they could look at. So they had, in the natural, every reason to retreat, every reason to give up, every reason to be totally disillusioned, every reason to simply say, I just don't, I don't know that I'm doing any better living this Christian life. And the Lord knew what their struggles were. He said, I know your history. I know your track record. I know what it is. He states, though, in the midst of that, I've given you a way out. I've given you an open door. I've given you an open door. Now, you may have to pray for it to be revealed. But listen carefully. What I want to leave with you on this point is no matter where you're at and no matter how many alligators you're in, here's what God's Word is to you. God said, I have a way out. In other words, take one more step, take one more stand, take one more deep breath, I have a way out. In other words, what do you say? I do not want you to live hopelessly. I want you to live with this, that no matter how painful, how difficult, I have a way out. And God's way out is always better than our way in. Here's another thing I found out. And God shared this message with me. God is aware of your faithfulness. So Revelation 3, 8, I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word, and you have not denied. You've kept my word, and you've not denied my name. God is aware of your faithfulness. I dealt with a family this week. So far this week, I've dealt with divorce. I've dealt with death. I've dealt with financial reverses. I've dealt with physical challenges. I've dealt with all these in families just as we and I could go on and on and on. And I said to one family as we were uh, we were we were on the phone communicating with an organization that meant virtually life or death for this person's future. I don't mean literally life or death, but I mean as a matter of fact, you're going to be incarcerated for a number of years or there's another way out. And when I was seated with that family and they're weeping and we're on the phone and I'm talking, tears running down the man's face, tears running down the woman's face. And the voice said, We're going to give them another chance. Now, had you known the history that brought us to this place, you would have said, No way. You already struck out. You don't deserve this. The first time you were warned, the second time you were warned, now the third time. And in that moment, you could see life flow into the hearts of those two individuals. And we hung it up, the phone, and I looked at them and I said, if you've ever wondered about your drive when you come to church, if you ever wondered when you showed up on Wednesday night, if you ever wondered when when you showed up on Sunday morning and you were tired, if you ever wondered if it was worth it, At this very moment, God gave you a free pass that said, hey, I'm aware of your struggle, and here is my ticket to you to reward you for your faithfulness. You see, all of us are building a portfolio of faithfulness to God. And here's what he says. It's important to understand. He said, okay, how do I judge it? You kept my word, and you didn't deny me. You kept my word. You went by the book, and not what culture was telling you. You went by the book, and not what your friends were saying. You went by the book, and not by the roadmap created by an ungodly world. You kept my word, and then you stood strong and did not deny my name you defended my name. God immediately declares that he realizes they're weak and tired and acknowledges their commitment and that faithfulness that is there. And faithfulness is something that we can all manifest if we choose to. Faithfulness is a choice with us every single day. And here's what I found out: it's not the fastest person that says, I'm gonna get across the finish line. Not the smartest person, not the most intelligent, and not even the most sluggish person. It's the person that's faithful. So, well, I didn't make it all the way to the goal today, but bless God, I'm going to get up, pick and pick up, and I'm going to go on further tomorrow. Well, I didn't make it today, but I'm going to get up and go on, and I'm going to make it then. Well, boy, somebody moved the goal out there. I was almost there. I could touch it, and they moved it on me. That's life, but I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go again. God said, you were faithful no matter what the circumstances is there, and you can do that because it's within the ability of all of us to be faithful. Y'all can talk back, can't you? Amen. Many disappointments are going to come. We never judge ourselves. Don't ever judge yourselves by what others say or think. Don't ever judge yourself by what others have accomplished and you wonder that you've not accomplished that. Don't ever compare yourself and say, I I know that I've been more faithful than they are, but it looks like uh, they're living in a just a beautiful place and have more money they know what and don't judge yourself by what it appears to be or your circumstances judge yourself by the touch that god has said i have chosen you and place my hand on you to walk the path of the journey that i've chosen to you here's your job be faithful and as you are i will open a door remember this The devil can never block you in. He can't do it. He can't do it. I've given you an open door, and when I reveal it, you can walk through it. And you ask yourself, well, with the things that I have and the privileges I have, how am I doing my best with those opportunities that, that God has given me? How am I managing that? And always remember that God will judge us based upon what we say in the Word of God. Oliver Wendell Holmes, Jr. wrote, said, I have always sought to guide the future. I've always sought to guide the future. But it is lonely sometimes trying to play God. (laughs) It's lonely trying to play God. What's up with this? What's up with this? Here's final. God will establish your future. You're not there yet. You, you haven't reached the end of the line yet. Sister uh, Elliot, Bob Elliot, Reverend Bob Elliot's, uh, Sister Barbara, they placed her in palliative care and they called today about 5 o'clock, quarter till 5 and said, Pastor, could you come? And, and just anoint her, pulling the tubes out and we're going to let her go. And I got up there. Dr. Spong and his wife were there, and Wayne and his wife were there, and Esther, she was there. Dan, he drove up uh, and was there. And we walked in the room, and she had the breathing apparatus on. And Brother Elliot, they've been married 65, 67 years or so. Anything over 65, you've done pretty good. So he's in his, bless his heart, he has dementia, and he's in his chair you know, that you can walk around and or you can sit in it, and he's just crying. Because his sweetheart, after let's say 65 years plus, is we're taking the tubes out. Bless you. She's not aware of what's going on. He's crying, and after it's out, he says, Has she slipped away? He didn't know. Has she slipped away? And about the time she raised her right leg up and put it down, I said, well, Brother Elliot, she just told you she's still here. Amen? She hadn't slipped away yet. And I said to them, you see this shell right here? She's closer home than she is here. She's more in heaven than she is here. And we began to sing songs. And I said to them, she lived her whole life to be able to know where she was going when this time came. When this time came she wouldn't have to wonder where she's going. You might think that the little things that you do, like giving a cup of water, is it worth it? You might think that just going the extra mile, God, does anybody care? You might think, God, boy, I'm sure struggling, everybody does. Some people just fake it better than others. We all do. But at the end of the line there is an eternal bookkeeper who said you kept my word and you didn't give up on the power of my name. I've got an open door for you. All you got to do is wait and I'll show you where it's at. And I'm aware of that, and I will establish your future. Here's what he means. He him who overcomes, I'll make a pillar in the temple of God. I'll make a pillar in the temple of God that in in one meaning it means stability, it means strong. every the temple had to have the pillars that are there. The earthquake had destroyed them many times, and there was fear of instability, etc. Why? Why? Why all that? That's life, because they'd been hit so many times. God, how many times do I pick myself back up emotionally? How many times do I pick myself back up spiritually? I've blown it so many times. How many times do I just fight back physically How many times do I continue to say, God, I almost had my nose above water financially, but how many times God says, hey, you can't make yourself a pillar? But he said, I will make you a pillar in the temple. So it means strong support. (laughs) But here's the other meaning. Here's what it means. It means a monumental pillar. Because in the Roman Empire, everywhere you looked, you saw statues of many of the great leaders. And you saw inscriptions. Many of them are still there today. The pillar. You see, that's why the cross is so important. The cross is a pillar, a symbol. And that's why that Jesus is not on the cross Because he came off the cross, went to the grave, and was resurrected on the third day. He's no longer on that cross. The cross reminds us of the sacrifice that he made and testifies to everybody through the cross there is hope in Jesus Christ. And here's what he said. I'll make you a pillar, a monument of strength, a monument of commitment, a monument of power. There are people right now that will say about you, and you're not even close to being gone. There are people that will say about you, boy, howdy. I have watched them through the years. And i watched them go through this and this and this. And they always took the high road they're encouragement to me i've watched them when they had the same problems i had but boy howdy somehow or another they stood strong i'm glad they're my friend i'm glad i got to share in their life i'm glad i got to be with them and watch them cry when loss came and and yet i've watched them come through and recover You see, we make monuments out of people that survive in life. And he said, I will make you a pillar in the temple so that others come by. They will see, and here's what they did. They inscribed, they inscribed, they inscribed the name, these words committed to God. They inscribed, God is Jehovah They inscribed words, overcoming power, on all the pillars that are there, and he expresses that right there in the scripture. And the pillar represented rest and security. You see, it meant, hey, that faithfulness is there because faithfulness is not an object that can be destroyed by an earthquake. Faithfulness is not a pillar that can be destroyed by man. Faithfulness can only be destroyed by disobedience. Why? You have kept my word. You have remembered my name. So if you want that open door to open, keep my word. Remember my name. Because I have a door that I'm going to open. And here it is. I'm going to make you strong. We know that life has many uncertain turns and God understands them all. How wonderful is that? As I shared recently with a young man going through facing divorce. Heart's broken challenges that goes with it. Can't believe at this stage in my life with a child that I'm ever facing that. He's um, an individual that is is a periphery, a person growing in faith. And the struggle has caused him to really take a look and say, boy, where he's at. And through the time that we were away, I talked with him and others and said, come on, you can make it. It's like latching on to every scripture that he can get his hands on and it's becoming life to him. I can tell you, friend, that there are a lot of people that need you to present to them a pillar of faithfulness, of strength, of commitment that has nothing to do with whether you're tired but has everything to do with these words of which Sister Elliot will hear if not already. Well done, well done, thou good and faithful servant amen amen Amen. would you stand heavenly father thank you praise you exalt you we praise you and we thank you For in your life you feel you're in reverse, going backwards. Going back over ground that you've already traveled. That is true. But the reason that you're going backwards at this moment and appears to be backwards is you missed a critical turn. And my love for you is to encourage you and to remember that my hand is upon you, whether you're moving forward or you're moving backwards. For I will reveal to you what you need to understand and give you wisdom and give you guidance. And I will set you on a path that will take you places that the enemy of your soul never intended for you to go, so, I ask you as my child, be patient, stay true to your heart in love, and I will give you the desires of your heart. So, Father, we claim that word. We believe in your word that there are gifts and messages and tongues and there are gifts of interpretation, and we claim that in Paul's writings in Corinthians. We know that that often that happens, but it's for encouragement and sometimes instruction. So we just trust you. We pray for those that you've spoken to, and maybe the whole message. The message is enough. It's the word of God. It could be no addition, but just maybe there are those moments that you want to prove something, something specific. I pray now that you would touch every person in this room, that you would guide our hearts and minister and meet our need. Because we place our life in your hands. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here and you're not really in tune with Jesus. You're not right with God. Maybe, maybe you've become so lax and, and really, maybe you just need to say, Jesus, I need. I need to recommit to you. I need a divine touch. So just in case, would you repeat this prayer after me right now? Everybody and those of you online, would you listen and pay attention and repeat the prayer? Dear Jesus, Jesus, I have sinned. I've made mistakes. mistakes. And I need your help. I believe by faith faith. that I can call on you. I I believe you died for me. So me. So here is my heart. Here is my will. Use it as you choose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Here's the simplicity of the moment. If you need to respond, I am not ashamed of an altar call. I'm not worried about offending anybody. What I am concerned about is people being obedient to God and the Holy Spirit is in this place. So, if you feel God directing you to come and say, I just need prayer, or you need healing, or you feel you want to stand there for someone, or you feel in your own heart, I know I need to go. I just need to come and say, I surrender. Whatever God instructs you to do, could you find the courage to be obedient to the Lord? right now and then we're going to give the benediction you come would you do that here we go